Hey guys, how's it going? Scott here and I'm back with another episode of the SBL podcast. Um, I'm actually hanging out at home today, so if you hear any screams in the background, they are screeches of joy coming from my two kids. It's actually my uh, my little boy's birthday today. He's five, so there's uh, we've got the whole family around and there's a whole lot of shenanigans going on. Anyway, welcome to episode 100 of the SBL podcast. We made it. And a huge thanks to everybody who's supported us over the past 100 episodes. It's been a wild ride for us guys putting together a hundred episodes for you, one each week over the past 18, well, it'd be nearly 18 months, I suppose. As I said last week, I did the first 52 and then Nick has done the last, um, the, the last, oh, never, never do math on, uh, <laughs> on, uh, never do math live. Anyway, it's like 48. Yeah. So Nick's done the last 48 and, uh, and I'm about to take over again, actually, because we're switching the, we're kind of switching the format of the podcast. I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but all you need, all you guys need to know is that it's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, and we're really pulling together the video content as well in terms of the podcast moving forward. We've been, um, we've had a full video team and actually done all of the podcasts in person. So we've been in a studio with the podcast um, guests moving forward. I think we've got a couple more that have been done like the past um, hundred over Skype, and then we're going to move into this kind of sort of like high production podcast that we're going to give a shot. And we've got some great guests, like you know people like Galen Dorsey, and I'm not. I'm, I'm going to make you wait. Actually, it's going to be a nice surprise for you. Anyway, so we're on episode 100 today, and our special to our special guest is Wayne Nunes, who I've known Wayne for probably about four or five years now. He's a fantastic bass player from the UK and he's just an absolutely fantastic bass player as well a true you know he's one of those guys that just sort of like he's just he plays for the song and always grooves like just he's just got such a monster feel that um if you get to check him out you'll be blown away and he's played with uh well everybody from tricky to billy ocean actually and he's played with billy ocean for years and um, if you get the chance to check out Billy Ocean, I'm, obviously I don't know whereabouts you are in the world, but if, if you're in and around Europe, check out Billy Ocean's band. They're a fantastic band. And um, he's also got his friend Perry on drums, who's a beautiful drummer. And actually, you should check out a solo project that those guys have got together as well called Warrior Charge. And you can check that out at warriorcharge.com. Um, I'm sure Wayne will tell you about it in the podcast anyway. And in fact, on that note, I'm going to hand you over to Nick and this week's awesome special guest, Wayne Nunes. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode, episode 100 of the SBL podcast. Um, and really pleased today to be able to say we're finally catching up with Wayne Nunes. We've been trying to talk to you for a while, but um, it's just not happened yet. But Wayne, thanks a lot for doing this, man. I'm loving um, it, man. Hundred, yeah, wow. Episode one hundred today, yeah. Well, episode one hundred, big one. Yeah. It's a big one, man. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's start off um, talking about you and your your career so far. I've been following you for a long time. Um, a guy I used to work with called Ian Croft at uh, a drum oh, magazine. Yeah, Ian, man. Yeah. Put me onto yeah. you and Perry like a long time ago. I've been following you ever since because yeah, you have yeah, yeah. a very very cool situation where you work with one drummer predominantly quite a lot of the time you've you've got a good history with perry right yeah we've got a great history we're we're, we're like family kind of thing you know I'm, um you know we've we've uh, uh, you can't really pretend that stuff it's really like um we played we've been playing together 
for forever. You know, we've been doing stuff. We did African Headshot together, lots of on-new sound stuff. Um, I think way back in the day, um, his he one of my first when I moved back. To, I lived in Guyana for a long time, and that's where I kind of play. When I moved back to England, um, I did a gig with uh, this keyboard player from Eddie Grant, and um, he brought. Who Perry was really young at the time. He just started playing, and he brought Perry along. And his dad, Perry's dad, took us to this game. That's how long ago that was, like like early eighties. And um, at the time, um, we didn't play a lot. We didn't. I was always into this rhythm section thing. We didn't play a lot, but Perry was into writing. He was into programming, and um, we and we kind of realized right away that um, we're both into like doing little projects of writing, and we actually did writing things together before we actually started playing together and then eventually because we were writing together and um he you know i reckon you kind of recognize you know he as a drummer he understands the songs a bit more because he's been writing and we started doing lots of stuff together so we ended up doing um lots of on you sound stuff and that's where we met ian i think at the time um Ian and uh, I think it was Trevor. Is it Trevor Cash? Mm -hmm. I think we both we we met the whole on you sound family kind of thing and um, Doug and Skip and um, Adrian and all those guys. And at the time, Doug was um, he had a deal with Warwick Bass, and I think um, the drummer um, can't remember his name was with Sona, and that whole connection kind of came together. And we both kind of got, you know, recommended for endorsements at that time. But we're doing African Head Charge for a long time. And then he went off to do Tricky. And um, uh, uh, Tricky was looking for a new drummer. I think his band had left. And we actually kind of, that period of time, we kind of went our own ways. Um, um, I worked with a guy called Jebloy Nichols who Doug had played on his record. This is an, a guy from Missouri who lived in England. And but during that time, I'd um, when tricky when Perry did the first tricky tour, I think um, uh, when they they were looking for a bass player, but tricky wanted a girl bass player. But I I did an audition in case they didn't find a girl that was suitable. So I actually auditioned for tricky like a year before, and I did a gig with Perry. You know, tricky, uh, Perry said, "Oh, you got to get my mate to come and do this gig." He said, "I really want a girl," and. Um, Pete Burkett from, you know, auditioned us both, actually. And um, I auditioned for the gig. And then Carrie Melbourne did it for like a year. And then shortly after that, I, I did a gig. We did a gig together. So, and we've been, so we've been playing together for ages. You know, we're like, we're like family. We're like brothers. You know what I'm saying? I'm his kid's godfather. You know, we, we're, you know. My kid calls him uncle, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's nothing pretentious about it. You know, we, we understand what one, you know, we can write together in two different rooms now. We understand, you know, when we're playing together, we, we understand, totally understand the role that we're trying to play. You know, there's a role of, you know, the supporting role. And, it, you know, it works really well. And apparently um, people say it's developed into sort of a sound that, you know, we weren't aware of. So, you know. Definitely. Do you think that's yeah. one of the reasons you get hired? Or you could, yeah, go, I, could you de develop this kind of connection and this sound? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, um, especially through um, 
uh, especially through the tricky years. We spent like 10 years with Tricky and we had a, an experience of doing quite, um, we recorded a lot with him. We played on a lot of, of his records at the time. And um, we did some really great gigs too. You know, we supported Tool and, um, you know, so we had like Justin and, and you know, so we, we kind of understood sound things at different levels. We understood the gear we need for, um, we understood the gear we need for a little gig in a pub, but we understood the gear we need for a stadium. Um, you know, we had techs who kind of showed us that whole thing. And we recorded in some really nice studios around the world. So we understood, you know, we got an understanding of that. And within that, we had an understanding of what makes us sound good together. You know, so, um, yeah, that was a good experience for that. Yeah, but we, we, we really kind of... Um, you know, I think it's a really good thing to, I would advise, it's a great thing to have to be part of a rhythm section. You know, it, it really works. And the other thing that works with it is that we came from like totally different backgrounds. I grew up in Guyana and I was listening to, um, I was listening to bands like Earth, Wind of Fire. I was playing in like top 40 bands who were playing a bit of everything, like lots and lots of stuff. And his um, roots were more like, on the lovers rock thing and we kind of introduced one another to different styles of music so you know we'd go on gigs and um you know like one of us would kind of take the lead kind of thing and depending on the style you know because we've got a better knowledge of it so he's taught me a lot about that kind of i didn't know anything about lovers rock i knew i know about roots reggae mm -hmm. and he know about the lovers rock thing are we are we, we still kind of do that introduce one another to different things that you know i introduce him to like headhunters and you know um you know somebody we tried past we tried where the report but he wasn't having it so <laughs> you know that kind of thing um, yeah so yeah it's been interesting like that so we've been able to um yeah it, it works really well and um the, the, like the billy album that's just been done he i think he recognized the same thing and he got us in the studio to do that because normally all his musicians are from america and he 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 said, let's, you know, we just went to the studio, just myself, him and Perry. And we did some, you know, we just jammed and did some stuff. And then he brought his producer into the mix. So something he recognized too a lot. I like the sound. I want to use a bit of this stuff. You know, cause it, it is a bit daunting because, uh, uh, you know, the guys on Billy Sessions, you know, when the producer comes in and they talk about who's going to do the overdubs, you know, this is guys who've been reading on sleeves, record sleeves. So it's, you know, and... um Freddie, Freddie Washington did a lot of the stuff, you know, so you're thinking, you know, they want this track and, you know, is Freddie going to come and replace this thing? You know, it's that kind of, but it's, when you listen to it, it's definitely got a sound that they don't, you know, we play in a different way. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, like I said, we've been exposed to a lot of different um, things and styles. So, you know, I think there's something working with that, you know, through the years. And yeah. do you think like a, a as important as it is to be a good musician and be have the chops and be able to do the gig, how highly do you rate the other things? Like like you said there about being aware of your sound um, and being able to get along and just having that good vibe. I think that's a huge. I think that's a huge, huge part of it. Um, you know, like like that, that touring thing, for example. Um, 
Another right, with tricky now. man because that must have been quite intense uh, right that's quite a... well it, you you say it, it was intense for other people but we we all mates we get on really well me perry and tricky really get on well and um and um we still do you know i spoke to him you know i called i spoke to him a couple of months ago i think he was looking for an old track that we'd written together and the first couple of minutes of the conversation we were just you know, there was no conversation. We we're just laughing. You know, it's just uh, we hadn't spoken for for like two years. You know, that kind of thing. So, I think the the, the things we do too, we've got, we've always had a good. Re- I've always had a good relationship with people that I work with, and um, you know, I I you know, I think if you work with somebody, they should, they should be able to come to your house, or you should be able to come to their house, and. Because we were always doing little writing things, we've always kind of involved. Years ago, I did a Pasadena's, and um, then we had a little project that we were doing um, called Sugarloaf, and we got one of those guys to be the singer. So I've never been in those situations. I've never luckily been in the heads down situation where I can't look at the artist. I don't, you know, I hate that stuff, you know what I mean? Every situation I've been in, I'm really good friends with the people I've worked with. Yeah, so I think it's a whole, and like you said, traveling around, you want to travel around. Um, I remember years ago, an artist saying, you know, somebody saying, let's get this person. And he said, can I live with him for eight weeks? Which is really important. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think it's a lot. I think, you know, you turn up on time, your gear is, 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 is ready. You learn, you know, if it's a, a function, you know, the, I treat every gig the same way, whether it's, you know, playing whatever it's playing or if it's, it's a pub at the corner. You know, if you send a set list, I make sure I have it, you know, so that discipline, make sure you have it down and um, and give every gig the respect that's mm-hmm. that, that it's due kind of thing. And don't, you know, don't, you're not because it's a little gig in the corner, you don't treat it in the same way. You know, and I, I think we both try to play in that same way every time we do a gig, you know, give it a, you know. But I, I, I think it's really important to... Um, that we 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 definitely I think the reason we work so much is because we understand the role of what we're doing. We understand that supporting work role, and we're not trying to do gymnastics. You know, I've, there's some so many guys out there who are just playing for themselves, and um, you know, I, I I I'm not sure if that works. You know, well, it's not my thing. Yeah. Do you think the role has changed? Looking back in the ten years you were with Tricky, for instance to the gig you've been doing with Billy, very different gigs, but do you think yeah. the role is the same? I think the role is the same. It's a supporting role. And I think, um, and if you, and if you maybe listen to any of those records, I mean, lots of the tricky records have become lots of the stuff we played because we played so long and become stuff that we actually played on the record. Mm-hmm. So we were playing ourselves and, um, um, Tricky was quite interesting. It is a different thing. It's like Billy's parts are tried and tested. So, you know, you just got to play, you know, you don't want to play anything else. It works. And, but there is a bit of us that, you know, there's a way that, especially for me, there's a way that I play. I understand the language and, and that's how I approach most things I play, you know, like, um, the tricky thing. I understood the language right away because I was doing on you sound stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it meant sometimes it's just one note for ages, but the intensity of that note and understanding the language and we play songs for like 10 minutes with Tricky. And that was um, his whole, he on stage, he would hover around, he would hover around the bass and the drums. That's where his 
starting point would be. And and when the vibes, you know, when it was going, you know, his head would either end up almost in the bass drum or, you know, his eyes would be closed and he'd be literally coming towards the cab when you're playing, you know, because I don't know if you've ever seen those gigs. It's not much light in it. It's not much sure. to see, but, yeah, yeah. you know, so he would... and. He, he gave us kind of freedom on those gigs. You know, you he would stop the band and either be drums alone or be bass. You could play. And, and we do a lot of jams and stuff. So he gave us kind of like freedom to, to you know, and, and if he gave us kind of freedom to play what we, you know, w- within the right kind of genre of what he was trying to do. Oh, and he knew we understood the language. So he gave us freedom to do that. And, and with Billy, um, We've been doing it now for 12 years, so uh, it doesn't sound like the record, but it's I'm playing the language of what it's supposed to be. And I think that's important. I think if I understand the language, like like the Motown stuff, or, or, or like, you know, I do like a Marvin Gaye covers, you know, tribute thing. And I spend a lot of time just playing those uh, James Jameson things. So I kind of understand the language. I'm not necessarily playing every note. But I understand the language. I understand that I need to take this gig needs a four string. I need to put a bit of sponge behind my bass. Mm-hmm. It needs to be valvy. You know, I understand the whole language and the sound, and that's how I approach that, those things. And you said you know, that I, you're about to go out again on another big tour for the rest of this year. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you have a conversation with Perry before that kicks off about you know how you're going to approach this run, or or is it just? You know. Unless unless we um, we, we kind of Perry's the MD for for, <laughs> for Billy, which is cool, and he kind of um, we, if we're gonna make changes, um, he doesn't he doesn't play. He, he's got a great musical knowledge, so he will always come to me and say, "I want to do this. I want to try this, or something like that." But um, most of the times, it's like us introducing and like him introducing a new intro, or we're introducing new tracks and how we approach it. This year, we're kind of doing much of the same because you know I think we've done it for the last like last year that works really well. So mm-hmm. we're kind of really refreshing, but constant. We're the, the whole band. I made mean, a small band, but we so we we're always kind of like trying to push it. You know, we don't get relaxed in it. Sure. We're always trying to make sure we move it to another level you know and um but there's no um it's 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 like little things you know if we're going to change a sound we're going to introduce a new instrument into the thing you know that kind of thing that we have conversations about and we'd have conversations with everybody about that but um generally that's been kind of um the same yeah yeah, unless it's a huge change. Yeah, sure. we don't really have that much discussion about it. And the good thing is that we played when the gig's not happening, we're playing together. You know, we do pantomime at Christmas. Right. So, like, we finished Billy's tour last November and we went straight into Stratford Theatre and played a show for. So, we're playing together for like uh, six weeks. Right. And then we do function gigs together. So, we're always playing together. Yeah. That's so, you know, that's so, so cool, yeah. man. Yeah, so you still, you're playing, but yeah. it's completely different scenario, completely different. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So by the time we get, it's almost like, um, you know, we keep in match fit kind of thing. Absolutely, for, yeah, uh, yeah. Everything yeah. that kind of comes up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And how about Warrior Charge, this, this solo project that you guys have going on? Warrior Charge is like, uh, once again, it's another idea from um, Tricky. And he, he, 
when we started playing with him, he recognized that we had another side. We had a production side and he kind of set up a studio for us for like a year to do some writing projects. And um, we did lots of remixes for him and we, we worked with new artists, uh, you know, people he'd signed to his label kind of stuff. And we always said, to, you know, back in the day, we, we worked with a few singers doing like R&B projects and... Um, we'd always get to this point where the singer was kind of like turned into a diva. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always got to this thing. Well, one of the first major projects we did, we worked with this um, producer called Junior Morrison, who, who passed away recently, uh, like a year or two ago. And he, he wrote One Nation Under Groove. And um, he heard some stuff we'd done and we, um, we managed to do this album with him and, um, you know, and then halfway through, the singer was kind of like, you know, it got all kind of weird with mm -hmm. the singer. And we've done loads of projects where we we get to this point and then <laughs> the, the diva singer has gone off. And Tricky said to us, look, you guys got to do like I do. You know, you the guys, you should make, you, you should be the front guys and feature different people so nobody feels attached to this. And and that's where the whole Warrior Charge things come from. They They... He said, you guys should do something for yourself, but make sure that, you know, you um, you you are always in control of it mm -hmm. and just feature artists. And that's pretty much what he does. You know, he has different artists featured. So, yeah. So the word charge thing is, um, it's, it's kind of like a blueprint of lots of stuff that we've always liked. Um, and it's a combination of on you sound, I think, and tricky. Mm -hmm. so it's got a bit of rocky you know it, it's all those experiences we had playing with him and seeing big rock bands it's got that kind of edge to it and then it's 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 got that big dub influence too as well you know from our you know love of reggae you know and um hence the name you know perry came up with the name it's like it's one of you know as what he's done gigs with as well then it's one of the favorite as songs you know so you know um that's how that kind of came about <clears throat> and that's kind of like an ongoing project for us we're always um you know on tour you have a lot of time and we've you know we we always writing something or you know um so we've got this album coming out now and then we've got this other friend jebloy nichols who's like a country kind of soul singer that i work with quite a lot um, and we both work we, we both played on this last album so you know we're thinking on the yesterday you know we should do an album with this guy you know, and that's the kind of thing it is, you know. Um, but on the last album, Slum, there's a, um, we, we're, we're doing another theatre show up in Leeds. We're doing The Wiz. Actually, how I met, this is how I met, um, met all the Leeds crew and this whole, you know, Scott. How I met Scott because I couldn't do a gig. And the guitarist introduced me to Scott. And um, he couldn't do it and Jeff actually did it. Jeff right. actually did. Yeah, sure. yeah. So that's how that whole thing. But while we were doing the show, there was a girl playing in the foyer. She was playing a Santur, um, you know, like an Indian. It's almost like a dulcet, you know, that kind of thing. And um, we thought, oh, this would be great on a Warrior Charge track. And I ended up going to her house, you know, before the show and recording her. And um, that's become like the title track of the album. So it's almost, you know, like we're out and we see somebody and think, oh, this would be nice, you know, this would be nice, nice to collaborate with this person. And that's how it kind of works. It's very kind of organic and, 
Yeah. Well, man, you must be doing something yeah. right, man, to have so many well, opportunities. And I love the fact that you're just always busy on one project or another project. Or yeah, yeah. And like you said, it's the best way to keep match fit, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't, and they kind of like intertwine, you know, the whole thing. Sure. Eventually you realize somebody's connected. You know, like we met this girl and then we had Talvin sing on the album too as well. And then it ended up, when I said to the engineer, I recorded this girl, he said, oh, this girl would have been, you know, they, they, they went out together or something like that. Like, right. You know, so that whole connection came from that, you know, that thing. So it's, it's all kind of, um, it's a small world in terms of that kind of connection. Yeah. But like you said, mm. you have to have the kind of people skills to make sure that your reputation is, you're, you're a guy that people want to work with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not like we've done a ton of gigs. We've just done, We've done lots of stuff, but we haven't done lots of, you know, there's some guys up there have done like a million huge gigs. And we've never been, it's been like a steady kind of road rather than, you know, the Panto thing was like a joke 10 years ago. But after out of doing Panto for five years, we ended up being co-musical um, uh, uh, directors in The Harder They Come, which went huge. Of course. And, yeah. we're, and that was on stage. So we're, like a band playing and we put that band together it went to america it went to canada so after doing you know being in the pit for a couple of years that stuff came out and then we've ended up writing the panto in stratford for three years you know composing for that you know so lots of little things come up it's like a steady road rather than we haven't had those you know it's been nice and steady and we hope it stays that way. You know, it's been yeah, I'm really sure cool. Will, man. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna add links to Warrior Charge and everything else um below, man. But yeah, well, I just want to say yeah, thanks cool. so much, man. Um yeah. great hookup and um uh, all the best with Scott. the video yeah, yeah, tour. Yeah, say to Scott. I'll say hello to the guys, yeah. sure. Yeah. All right, man. Okay, thank you so much, Nick. Thanks, guys. Okay, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Massive thanks for you for checking out the uh, this week's episode. Huge thanks to Wayne as well. I'm sure Wayne will probably be at the London-based guitar show as well on the 3rd and 4th of March. He's been there for the last few years. So if you are there, Wayne might be there. We will definitely be there. The whole SBL crew will be there. Um, we've got some really special guests. We've got Gary Willis, Henrik Linder, Rich Brown, Bobby Vega. We'll all be hanging out in the Scots Bass Lessons room. So make sure you, if you are at the London Bass Show, obviously come and say hello and hang out. Um, there's going to be some steaming performances from those guys. I'm going to be there. I've got a full band with me as well with some really special guests. It's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, so other than that, I'm going to leave you with this. Take it easy. And as always, I'll see you in the shed.